Hello and welcome back to Jumble, another episode that I don't know the number to. Uh, today we're going to talk about some of the Hornets season, kind of in similar fashion to we did with Carolina. The only difference is going to be when we did the Carolina podcast, we did the preseason, so it was kind of preseason predictions, and looking back on it, it's aged horribly because I think they've already lost more games than the both of us had them losing, which was seven and eight, maybe. Uh, but either way, that didn't go well. So we didn't do preseason for the Hornets, and we're just going to do regular season awards and talk about some of our favorite players, who we think's doing well, who's not performing well, maybe a trade we could make, this, that, and the third. Kind of going to do it off the whim. So the first thing I think we're going to talk about, and I'll let Sir start, we're just going to say who our favorite player on this year's team is. And this is a very exciting team. So could be a lot of different people. I think I know who it's probably going to be. I know who mine is for sure. But uh, exciting team, a lot of exciting players. Who's your favorite on this team? Well, it's it's just nice to be able to actually have something to cheer for. You know, you you always want to try to pull for your home team. And for the longest time, it's been very difficult to pull for the, the Hornets, the Panthers. I mean, we, we had a good run with the Panthers there with Cam Newton for a couple of years. That was short-lived. Uh, Hornets back. <laughs> you have to go all the way back to, to uh, Alonzo Mourning and uh, – Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues era, and even still, we just made the playoffs the one time. But it is really just exciting to have something to be excited about. So that being said, uh, this year's team, uh, I to pick a best player. It's not best. It's, it's well, a favorite player. Okay, favorite player. We'll still do best. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite player would probably. Uh, it, I'm going to have to say LaMelo. I mean, th- there's lots of things I like about different people. And, uh, you know, but I guess I'm going to have to say him just because when we did the draft, I said, do not pick LaMelo Ball. Do not pick. If they pick LaMelo Ball, I'm never because I thought, you know, all the d- drama that, you know, came with Lonzo and then how, look how he, he just didn't pan out. and But we wouldn't be – doing this podcast about the Hornets if we hadn't have picked LaMelo Ball. I truly feel that way. If we'd have got Anthony Edwards, if we'd have got James Wiseman, we wouldn't be – I mean, the Hornets wouldn't be where they are right now. He has been the difference. You know, he has been the facilitator, the playmaker. And uh, I have other players that I really this year have just really excited about. But I guess as a favorite player, just because he's made this team what it is now, I'm going to have to go with LaMelo. He's definitely the cornerstone or the centerpiece of the team. Uh, but I, I mean, for mine, I just, I even have a hard time watching this team when Kelly Oubre doesn't play. Uh, just watching that Lakers game the other night, which was one of the all-time Hornets meltdowns, even though they did win. And of course, today, uh, the day it's being recorded, they played the Clippers and got smashed. Um, and no Kelly Oubre. Uh, I find the team hard to watch when he doesn't play. I just, I enjoy watching Kelly Oubre play. Um, when they brought Kelly in, thought it was one of the dumbest things they ever could have done because we have so many guys that can play the two, three, and four. You know, we need ones and fives. And I still stick with my fact, and if you've watched Hornet games, you would agree that they really need a center. And that's what I was focused on. But I guess I overlooked that you can still bring in other players. And 
uh, they just bring Kelly in off the bench, and he hits a couple threes, and he dunks it, and he blows a kiss to the crowd, and he just gets the gets the energy pumping. You know, if Miles or isn't playing great, or Lamelo's made a couple stupid passes or bad shots, and just need to settle down and get a bucket. They, a lot of the times they give it to Kelly or bring Kelly in the game, and it seems to do really well. I think they enjoy playing with him. I think Kelly Oubre being in the game is their best lineup, but I understand why they're bringing him off the bench just because we have some of these games where we start slow and things don't look great and we need a little help or revitalization off the bench. And Kelly Oubre is that guy because you can't bring Gordon Hayward in and expect that. Gordon Hayward's consistency, Kelly Oubre's pump it up kind of get-after-it type of player. So he's perfect to bring in off that six-man role. And when you watch games and he's playing in the last five minutes of the game, most of the time, he's in the game. So just because you doesn't start don't mean you can't finish the game. So um, Kelly Oubre, I would go with my favorite player. Uh, best player is tough, which was I, what I had down as next. Um, it, it, it There's been so many games where you could say like four or five different players – uh, there's been nights where LaMelo, you know, has looked like a superstar, and you would say LaMelo Ball. You know, Terry Rozier has had several games with 30, so you would say Terry Rozier. Miles has had plenty of games with 20, 30 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, Kelly Oubre, like I've said, Kelly Oubre had 39 the other night. Uh, Gordon Hayward, not necessarily as many as the other four that I listed, has had a lot of really good games. And you could look at any of those five guys, other than maybe Gordon, I, I, it's, it would be hard to make a legitimate argument for Gordon to be the best player. But you, you could really make a good argument for all four of those guys, possibly five. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it just has to be LaMelo Ball because he is the centerpiece of the team, like I said a moment ago. You know, if you don't have LaMelo Ball on this team, they're just not where they are. If you take Terry Rozier off, you know it. You lose a little bit, but eh. Same thing with Miles, same thing with Kelly. But if you take LaMelo Ball off, they're probably not even in the play-in, and they're like the seven seed right now. So even, even though a lot of the times I don't think he's the first option and he plays more of a facilitator role and I think he needs to grow as a scorer, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the struggles from the outside. This piece, uh, this team is still made for LaMelo Ball. So saying that he's not the best player I think would be difficult. So I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball for being the best player. Well, I'm going to have to probably agree with you there. So when we started, uh, before we did this podcast, I was we were doing these Q&As, and I had Kelly Oubre in both of the, at the top of both of these. But after thinking about it, you know, LaMelo was our third pick. He's the guy that has to be. the. I mean, he's the centerpiece. And Kelly Oubre has been by far the the biggest breath of fresh air that we've had this year, I mean, for sure. But I'm going to have to say probably the best player would, you know, I know Miles Bridges is our leading scorer, but I would have to say it's just the just the intensity and I think just the love of the game for LaMelo that he brings that I, I think there's just a uh, a unity and tightness with this, with this group. They all seem to get along very well. Uh, they talk about how they do, uh, even in their off time, that they spend a lot of time together. And that's not been the the case in the past. And what you look at what the common uh, denominator in all that is, and it's Lamelo Ball. I mean, he's the one that these changes have come since he's been there. So that's what makes me think, you know, I, I, that I put so much on his shoulders. 
And, you know, like I said, and I wouldn't three years ago, I would have never thought of myself as saying as any of this about LaMelo because he was the last person I wanted us to get in that draft. But as it has worked out, you know, it's just pleasantly has worked out to my surprise. It's just been really good. So that I would have to agree with LaMelo on the uh, best player as well. Who would you label, and you can pick multiple people, because I'll probably pick multiple people as well, of the surprise of this year's team. Who's shocked you, or not even necessarily shocked, but just pleasantly surprised or unpleasantly surprised either way for your expectations coming into this season? Well, that's easy. That would definitely be Kelly Oubre. I, I wanted to so bad, uh, and up until the time we started this podcast, he I, I had him as my favorite player just because – to me, he really has been. Uh, now, there was a time period where he was out, and then when he came back, uh, he just, you know, he was just out of his groove, and he had a little down time. I don't know, those three or four games where he just wasn't himself there. But up until then, he was just really our most consistent player. Now, he was coming off the bench, but when he come in, immediate spark. And this is not only offense, but even defense. I mean, he just uh, you can just tell he's a really athletic guy. And he just gets after it. So, I mean, no question that he has definitely been the biggest surprise uh, with what James said earlier. I didn't want uh, when they said that he was coming after what he did with Golden State, which was pretty much nothing, but that was their system they run. That system was for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and pretty much nobody else. (laughs) They wasn't room for anybody else and Draymond. But they wasn't room for a Kelly Oubre, and that's just the way it worked out. So, but when the well, he came to Charlotte, I wasn't thrilled about that either. But that has by far been the the biggest surprise. But I I also have to say uh, I'm going to put Ish Smith in that conversation as well. Not quite as high up as Kelly Oubre, but he has been. I thought, whoa, man, why are we getting this guy for? Even though he's a North Carolina native, and you know that that's all well and good, but he has really the games that he's been in. He has actually uh, the game we won. Who did we win? He uh, had twenty. Uh, the Lakers had twenty two points. There was another time where the COVID protocol, so many players out, where he had stepped in and had 18 points, I think, a couple of times. And he has really been a pleasant surprise. And uh, at the league minimum, I mean, heck, he's, that's been great. I've got a few for this, for sure. I'll start off with Kelly, because Kelly's been the biggest surprise by far. Like I said, I just thought we had plenty of people to fulfill the role that Kelly Oubre is now playing. thought we got Gordon Hayward. Usually, I kind of like to see Miles Bridges at the three more, but this year he's been playing the four and been doing really well. So, you know, that that just is what it is, and I think that's because of lack of size he has to play the four, but he's doing fine. And and I wanted to see those two guys play the three and then move somebody else to the four, like P.J., I guess, or bring somebody in preferably. So I just didn't see where Kelly Oubre had room in this team. So he surprised me with how great he's been. I definitely would have never anticipated that he would be my favorite player on this team or that when Kelly Oubre doesn't play, I have a hard time watching them. Um, For some other surprises, um, Ish Smith, fairly surprising with how well he's done, but it, you know not the minutes. Uh, very surprised with Cody Martin this year. Um, we've had the Martin twins for – well, we don't have both of them now, but we have had both of them in the past – for the last three or four seasons, and most Hornets fans have wanted the Martin Twins to go so, so bad the entire time because every year they have been horrible. But 
Cody Martin has really stepped it up this year. We're starting to see a little more offensive production, although it does scare me sometimes when he decides he wants to isolate and shoot a three. But he's a great defender. He gives solid minutes. I really like having Cody Martin in the game. There's a lot of lineups that work well with him. And for my other surprise, I've been very surprised with Mason Plumley. I knew he was going to be bad, but I didn't think he was going to be this bad. Um, You know, when he's your only center, I just thought by lack of choice that he was going to have to be kind of good. You know, even if he sucked, just because he was going to have to be in the game so much that he'd average 14 or 15, and he's averaging like 8 or 9, which is just atrocious. And his free throw percentage is worse than Shaq's. so I, I've been surprised with Mason Plumlee, just not in a good way. I, I don't. Maybe I shouldn't be, because he's never been great. But like I said, I just thought because he was gonna have to play, and you know, there's not really much choice that I, he he would have to be good. But or at least his numbers would look good. But I that was a miss because he sucks. But um, let's see what else. Uh, who would you like to see traded off this team, sir? Or who would you like to get, or both? I. I'm sure I already know because I think we both have the one guy that we want to see go for contractual reasons and basketball reasons, I think, too. But uh, who would you want to get? Who do you want to see go? Any any of that. Just trade deadline. What should we do? Well, I think we definitely need to do something. And funny, you're you're talking about our center, Mason Plumlee. And I won't be as harsh as you are on Mason. I mean, he's still – he's a big body – he he does rebound well. His 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 free throws are definitely. I mean that's something to me. I mean these guys have played ball all their life. I mean that's the one thing that you. It's just always astounded me how these guys can't make free throws. That's. I mean you should be able to practice them anytime, all the time. I mean that that should be a. There's nobody that should shoot less than seventy percent if you know at that caliber. You know, but it is what it is. Uh, but I mean, I still think he's you know he's pretty good defensively, but uh, I definitely think we need to pull the trigger for a center. What I would like to see happen, and even though I, I like Gordon uh, Hayward, I just think that we should you know we it'd have been great to have him five years ago, so, you know five six years ago in his Utah days when you know when he was probably at his peak. I think now it's just uh, it's just the trouble of keeping him on the court. I don't. He just seems to be injury prone. I, you know, just we can't seem to keep him on the court, and we're paying him all this money. And now that with Kelly Oubre coming in doing what he's done, I think he can fill that role easily. Uh, you know, because you pretty much got instant offense there. So and you know and and when I watch Gordon Hay defensively he's he's he lacks on the defensive end too I don't know if it's laziness sometimes when I watch him I think it's a little bit of laziness but to get to the question I I would love to see the uh, Miles Turner trade go you know they they you know they want Hayward back in they want him in Indiana you know and they've talked about that before. So I don't. For me, I would just straight out trade him Hayward for Miles Turner. I mean, I I'd pull that trigger in a heartbeat, and would love to see that happen, and that would free us up some money, and you know you could pay Miles Turner a little more, you know. But I, I definitely think we're going to have to have a scoring center in order to, you know, this team the way it is now. Yeah, they're fun, they're exciting to watch, and you know the by far the best opponents have been in decades i mean forever but 
I don't ever see him going, you know, beyond a six seed, you know. You know, I see him hovering six, seven, eight, you know, whatever. I just don't see him being in the top half of the Eastern Conference until they – we're going to have to do something big. But So, to answer your question, I would love to see the Miles Turner, Gordon Hayward. Throw, you know, you can throw some other people into the mix there. Uh you know, you don't. I wouldn't really want to see Mason Plumley and there because we still got to have somebody Not has a. Backup. We got to have a backup, and what we have uh, right now with uh, Nick Richards, Kai Jones, I, I think Vernon Carey. I don't, uh, even though he's a Duke guy, and I, I'm not usually taking up for Duke guys. I don't know. We went to see a game earlier this year to where he actually started because of COVID protocols, and I thought he done great. And I'm thinking I don't understand why he's not getting more of a chance, but but anyway, uh, the miles turner for Gordon Hayward that's that's the trigger I would pull. I think there's a couple trades we could make, um, not necessarily for specific players. I think Miles Turner is a necessity. We need to get Miles Turner. They want to see Gordon Hayward in Indiana. He's from Indiana, Butler. Uh, they they want him. I think that we could go Gordon for. Uh, miles and give them two second round picks maybe if they want them and i think that would be fine and i do think we need to keep Plumley to bring him off the bench we're not going to get another center that cheap it's just bad to start him and then the other player that i want to see traded because so so when you look at this team so if, so let's let's assume we've already traded gordon and we have miles turner so then our starting lineup goes to Lamelo, terry kelly miles and uh Wait, did I just say everybody? LaMelo, Terry, Miles, Kelly. What? Oh, my gosh. I keep getting Terry and Kelly confused. I don't know why, but my brain's making them say the same thing. LaMelo Ball at the one, Terry Rozier at the two, Miles Bridges at the three. Sorry, no, Miles Bridges at the four, Kelly Oubre at the three, and Miles Turner at the five. So that would be our starting lineup. So then off the bench, you're going to have Ish Smith at the one, Cody Martin can play the two or the three, and then from there, James Booknight, Kai Jones, whatever. You have what, – what I think the team needs is a true four after we do that trade. Because you look at that starting lineup, I still think, despite the fact that Miles Bridges has done great uh, playing the four this year, he's averaging 20 points a game, I still think he's a three. And what I would like to do, because I do really like bringing Kelly Oubre in off the bench. Now, when the game comes to end and there's five minutes left, I want Kelly in the game. But I love the concept of bringing him in off the bench. And if we trade Gordon, we can't really do that because we're not starting Cody Martin at the small forward position. He's too small. So... What I would want is to bump up Miles Bridges to that three. So go Lamelo, Terry, Miles. Keep. Uh, oh, that's why I kept getting confused because I was I couldn't remember if I said Miles or not. Miles Turner and Miles Bridges. Oh, that's go. why I was getting confused. Uh, they're spelled differently, but when you say them out loud, the spelling don't really make no difference. But anyway, what I would like to do is get a true four. And honestly, I don't really have a name in mind, but. Uh, I do have a who in mind who I want to trade, and he's a young, younger guy. He has some trade value, and, you know, it, it, we don't play him that much. And when we do play him, he doesn't really fit into the Hornets system well. Like, he gets in, and he just doesn't he doesn't mesh well. Um, we can ship P.J. Washington off. And aside that, despite the fact that I love James Booknight, I've already accepted the fact that we're not going to play him, and he's going to waste away on the bench. So if, you know, we say, hey, team, why, you know, we'll give you – P.J. Washington, and for this guy, for this power forward, and they say, ah, we need another young player. 
I don't mind to give up James Booknight. I'd love to see James Booknight play, but I've, like I said, I've just accepted he's not going to. So well, let's just get some trade value for him. Let's let's ship him off with PJ Washington. Definitely want to see PJ go. He just doesn't mesh with the team, and I I don't I, I really don't know what power forward I would want. Um, I'm trying to think of. Let's see, who you got any power forwards in mind, sir, that would do well on the Hornets? You think? I'm just trying to think. Yeah, of, I don't really know who's up, up available, so I, I couldn't say at this point. Yeah, it's tough. Because I don't know who's available. I'm trying to just look at the teams. Let's see. The Jazz don't really have anybody. The Nuggets don't really have anybody. Thunder don't have anybody. Timberwolves, Trailblazers, Clippers. Uh, Mar- Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley is a true power forward. He's very unhappy at the Kings. Has been for the last two years. Uh, he's not getting PT at the Kings. Not much. He's improved this year. This is probably his best year given the circumstances. Mar- he's 6'11". He was the number two overall pick, I believe. Ton of upside. I would love to give the Kings PJ James Booknight, and mm, I don't want to give up a first for it. I'm not willing to give up a first personally, but I give him a second round pick and get Marvin Bagley. I would love to have Marvin Bagley. I think that would be a perfect marriage. And I'm sure there's other guys that would mesh well at that. But honestly, looking at it, I I don't really off the top of my head anyway. I can't think of anybody I'd rather have than Marvin Bagley. Potential-wise, you know, he, he's got a decent mid-range jump shot, offensive-minded, defensive potential. Uh, I think that'd be perfect. I, I've never really come up with that before, but I would absolutely be thrilled to have Marvin Bagley on this team. And then we bring Kelly off the bench, still have Ish. Um, then, you know, we lose Booknight, which is unfortunate, but it just is what it is. We keep Cody Martin. I, I think those are two trades that the Hornets should definitely look into. I'm sure they won't, but they really should. Um, let's see. What else do we have to talk about here? What lineup do you like best in the game? So there's five or we'll, we'll bring it up. Well, so there's two minutes left in the game. What lineup do you have in the game? Assuming, you know, because there's different scenarios, you know, needing to stop and off. Let's just say it's tied. What, what lineup do you have in the game? Well, obviously it's – you know, that's going to depend a lot on how the, you know, what this certain players have done in this game. There's just, uh, for example, normally you would think you'd want Terry Rozier in there, but it seems like the last, uh, today he was, he was horrid. He was terrible. And he, I think he ended up with 10 points. And going back to the trade things, uh, there's part of me when we have watched Book Night play, Booknight's a score, and I think given the chance, just like the the game we seen to play against the Sacramento Kings, and this was only because of COVID, he was he had twenty five points and led the team to win that night. And 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 when he gets in and gets a chance, he does score. And I think if he was with a lot of other teams, he would he would really be producing. But behind Lamelo and Rozier and Kel, I mean, he's not getting. The playing time, so I I wouldn't really even care to, and, and we're paying Rozier a lot of money as well, and it just seems like he's kind of on a downside. Uh, but getting back to the original question, you you I'm going to want Lamelo in there because he's my facilitator. Uh, I'm going to want Kelly Oubre in there just because, like I said, I think he gives you a lot on both ends of the floor. Uh, a healthy Gordon Hayward, just because he had, I mean, the mid range, his mid range game is just hard to beat. You can, you know, you can always get that mid range basket. So I would have to say a healthy Hayward. And, uh, 
So that would be three. Miles Bridges, of course. You know, he's our leading scorer this year. You're going to want Miles Bridges in. And that that fifth one, like I say, it's, it's going to be so much up in the air. You know, if we're playing the Sixers, then I'm going to have to say Mason Plumley just because I've got to have a big guy in there to try. To, I mean, you're not going to stop him. But, you know, if you've got Miles Bridges on him, you, you were going, you know, he's going to have a 50-point game more than likely as opposed to maybe with Mason he's only going to have 35. So, you know, a lot of that, you know, I can give you those four easily. And and like I said, in a lot of scenarios in the past, it, I would have Rozier in there, but it just seems like just this year, and he's had a couple of big games, but been very inconsistent. And uh, so, I, like I said, I would lean – I'm kind of leaning away from him now, just thinking about the money we pay him. Uh, but I guess, like I said, I'm going to have Hayward, Oubre, Lamelo, and then Miles Bridges. And that, that fifth spot is just going to really – going to be dependent on, you know, what the situation is with, you know, who we're playing. Am I going to have to have a big in there in Mason? Or, you know, if I can play small ball, then I would still probably have Rozier in there just for the – you know, he does make a lot of big, you know, shots at the end of games. But that would be my answer for that. I think there's a couple directions you can go here. So, I think there's three players that you have to have in the game. One of them's LaMelo Ball. The other one's Terry Rozier. Or, sorry. No, it's not. It's LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, and Kelly Oubre. I think no matter what you're going for, and game's tied, two minutes to go, those three dudes are in the game. So, personally, watching the Hornets this year, there's nothing to me other than just choking away a game, more infuriating than watching another team get three or four offensive rebounds in one possession. Um, it's maddening. It'll drive you absolutely insane. So despite the fact that I can't stand Mason Plumley, I'm going to put him in there just because he is the best rebounder. He may be goofy. He may not be able to defend very well, and he may be slower and crap. He may think he's a point guard. He may be from Duke, and he may be kind of ugly with a big old nose, but he is our best rebounder. So I'll put him in there. Uh but as far as that other spot, that's only four guys. I think that, you know, Gordon Hayward is a viable option. He's really – he's a sound player. There's not a lot of stupid things that Gordon is going to do when you give him the ball, which is a big difference between Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's going to be more consistent. He's probably going to do the same thing in that situation, be sound, make the right play, as opposed to Terry Rozier, who's either going to do something absolutely incredible, have a four-point play, hit a three, dunk on somebody, make a sensational play and win the game for you, or do virtually the exact opposite and turn the ball over, take a stupid shot, brick it off the side of the backboard and lose you the game. And that's just the risk you take with having Terry Rozier in the game. And I think another route you can go is just saying, hey, none of these guys other than Kelly are amazing defenders. We need to get Cody Martin in the game to you know, stop whoever is scoring. But the only time Cody Martin works if whoever's scoring is a point guard because I, I don't like having Cody Martin on a small forward and especially not a center. So if so, we're playing, like, say, the Trailblazers, you know, Damian Lillard, then I would actually put Cody Martin in just because I would love to, you know, because that's a lot of pressure on LaMelo because you're expecting LaMelo to facilitate and go down the other end and guard Damian Lillard. I don't really like putting that pressure on him. So say we're playing the Trailblazers or the Nets or the Warriors – or the Grizzlies, or the Suns, or one of those, you know, 10 teams with a really elite point guard, then I'm actually going to put Cody in. But 
uh, generally speaking, for the other 20 teams and the majority of the time, I, I'm going to put Terry in. Terry's won us a lot of games. I think Terry's lost us a couple games, too, to be honest. But, you know, that's just the risk you take with a player like that. He's going to take some dumb shots. They're dumb when they don't go in. They're awesome when they do. It's a great feeling. And, you know, I think he's our best shot creator. You know, LaMelo creates shots for people. Miles Bridges gets a lot of his shots created for him, and he does create some of his own shots. Mason Plumley doesn't really shoot that much. Kelly Oubre is more of a spot-up guy. Terry Rozier is our best. Uh, he creates his own shot the most. I think he's our best shot creator for himself. You know, he'll cross over, step back, do this, do that. And a lot of the times they are dumb shots, but I don't see a lot of other guys on this team doing stuff like that to get their own shot. So if you need an isolation situation, you don't have a lot of choice but to give Terry Rozier the ball, and you can't do that if he's not in the game. So I'll go with Terry and put him at the two. Let's see what else we have. Who would you say is our best offensive player this year? Just strictly offense. Well, if... You, you pretty much have to go. I mean, statistically, it's Miles Bridges is our leading scorer, so that would you know that would pretty much be uh you know st- statistically your answer. Miles Bridges, he's your leading scorer, uh, and you know he's had. I think he's doing twenty points a game. And he's had many games where he's had thirty, and I think the reason it's twenty, his average is twenty, is because he'll have. Uh, you know, there was a stretch where he had two or three games where he's doing 30, but then he would come back with two games of just eight or ten. So I still think that Kelly Oubre is our most consistent offensive scorer. I mean, I, I think with him, you know, taking out of this, there was, like I said, a week, week and a half where he was out. I don't I, – I think it was uh, the COVID deal and – when he came back, he just wasn't himself, and he had to get back in the group. But taking that out of the equation, he's been our most consistent offensive. I mean, he's he's given us, you know, whether it's 14, 18. And, of course, he's had uh, some huge games. But, I mean, but he's always – you can count on him for, six, you know, 14, 16, 18 every game. And that's been pretty much from the get-go. So, I mean, and it has where I say Miles Bridges – is giving us some big games, but then he'll show up with, you know, games of six, eight, you know. So, you know, obviously, statistically, that answer is going to be Miles Bridges, but as if you want to critique that a little bit and say who's the most consistent offensive, then I'm going to say Kelly Oubre. You know, I was just thinking, I forgot to mention this. This team is really cool because for the first year ever, we actually have two players that are in contention for awards this year. Um, they're both going to come in second place most likely, but Miles Bridges, if John Morant didn't exist, would be the most improved player this year. It just so happens that John Morant decided that he wanted the Grizzlies to be a top-four team in the Western Conference and be absolutely friggin' unbelievable. If not for that, Miles Bridges would be most improved this year. He's a 20-point scorer for the first time ever. If not for Tyler Hero in Miami deciding he wanted to average 20 points off the bench for them on a consistent basis, Kelly Oubre would be the sixth man of the year. They're both going to end up being runner-up of those awards, and that's really cool. And I just that has nothing to do with the topic, and but I forgot to mention that, and I just think that's pretty neat that we have two potential award winners. Even though they're both going to lose, it's pretty sweet. Uh, offensive player... For many of the same reasons I, I gave as far as talking to my best lineup, I'd have to go Terry. You know, Miles Bridges, like Sir said, he is the leading scorer. So if you just look at it from a statistical standpoint, the correct answer 
is Miles Bridges. But when I think of best offensive player, I think there's 10 seconds left. Who are you giving the ball to to make a shot? And, and that's why I say Terry Rozier, because I don't trust Miles to make his own shot. Miles really has one really go-to move in the post, which is that spin move that I'm sure many of you have seen. As far as the perimeter, I don't know how Miles gets shots off out there. I think that it, a lot of them are just uh, LaMelo making it available for him to get a shot. Uh, other guys, Kelly. I wouldn't mind to say Kelly. I, I love Kelly Uber. I, I cannot even emphasize enough. I, I love having this guy on the team. Um, they're going to have to pay him next year. I hope they pay him whatever he asks for. I mean, I, well, if he asks for 200000 million bajillion trillion dollars, then, you know, don't pay that because then you can't afford to have nobody else on the team. But if he says, I want what Gordon Hayward's making, tell Gordon Hayward to head to the house and give it to Kelly. Pay him whatever you want. I love him. And Kelly Oubre can create his own shot. You know, I don't think he's quite as adept at it as Terry Rozier because, you know, Kelly Oubre's never really been asked to create his own shot. Kelly Oubre started off in Washington with Bradley Beal, who was their shot creator for himself, and John Wall. And I think a lot of people have forgotten now how absolutely incredible John Wall actually was at one point in time. I get that a lot of y'all, you know, probably have just seen him at the Rockets or that very last year even the last year, but there was a point in time he was a top five point guard in the NBA. John Wall was awesome. I mean, he was incredible. I watched some of those Washington Celtics series. Guy was unbelievable, and he created shots. He was their six foot three Lamelo Ball, and you know Kelly just said, "I'm gonna just stand over here. John Wall is gonna get me the ball because it's it's John Wall." And then he goes to uh, yeah, but he went to Phoenix too, and I don't think John Wall. Or Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, yeah. Yeah, he went to Phoenix for a very extended or short period of time. And you have Devin Booker, who creates his own shot. Then he goes to Golden State. Like Sir said, that system is Draymond, Clay, and Steph. And if you're not Draymond, Clay, or Steph, then you kind of just, you exist. Like, you're there. I mean, obviously, when Kevin Durant was there, it's a different story. But, uh, you know, you, you're not. if Steph's going to get you a shot, Steph's going to get you a shot. If not, Steph Curry's going to shoot up, shoot it from 40 feet, he's going to hit it. Kelly Oubre's not as used to it as Terry. As opposed to Terry had to carry a Celtics team to the conference finals, you know, in his first year of being a starter. And he wasn't even a starter that year. He just started starting in the playoffs because they were dealing with injuries. Um, and that's what he's had to do since he's been at the Hornets. So I would say Terry, just because of cons- not consistency, uh, familiarity with being a scorer, I just think that's what he is here for. I don't think Kelly Uber was brought to this team to be a scorer. I don't think that Miles Bridges was drafted to be a scorer. Terry Rozier, when they brought him in, I'd say is that, hey, man, don't care if you defend. You don't really got a playmate, but I need 20, for, 20 a night from you. That's what Terry Rozier is for. Um, flipping it on its head, going from offense, who do you think our best defensive player is? Defensive player, probably – I, it's hard not to talk. I'm not a huge Cody Martin fan, even though there's, I know there's a lot of games where people say he does a lot of things that don't show up in the stat book, and I will agree with that. Uh, he does do that, and uh, you know, but he he is a good defensive player. But there's just with him, I just I don't know. Just today, for example, watching their game today, I mean, he was just he he hurt him more and he helped him, and but. Uh, I like Kelly Oubre on the defensive end. I think uh, Kelly, when he comes in, he's just he's he's. I don't know what we didn't sit down and go through and say 
through each player and see what their statistics was. And I don't know how many steals per game he gets, but I guarantee you, per the minutes he plays per games and still he gets, it's it's pretty it's pretty high, if not the highest on the team. But I guess I would say between the I would go between Cody Martin and uh, Kelly Oubre. I I mean I like both of those guys as defenders. You know, there there's some people that consider rebounding defense because you end the possession, in which case you would probably just have to say Mason Plumley. But I, I'll go with Cody. You know, if I, if I have a team or a lineup in there just for defense, I know immediately that I'm going to have Cody in there. And I would say the same for Kelly. And the the benefit that Kelly has, and honestly, I'm switching my answer mid-answer because I was going to say Cody Martin, and the reason that I'm not, and I've just now decided, is because Kelly Oubre can defend two through four. Uh, if you're not a point guard or a relatively small or two, it's going to be harder for Cody to defend because Cody's a small guy. He's not big. I mean, compared to you and I listening, probably he's a pretty massive human. But compared to these seven foot freaks in the NBA, he's not that big. So actually, I'm going to go with Kelly just because I think he can defend a two. If you know, I don't really want Kelly to defend a point guard. I'd rather that not happen. But if it does, then it just does, and that's fine. He is a three, so he can defend the three, and he's, he can defend the four. Now, the five is a unique position because I don't really want a center defending anyone but a center, or a, I don't want my power forward usually even to sit defending a center. I just don't like that. Now, there's some power forwards that can do it because even like a guy like I mentioned earlier, Marvin Bagley, he's 6'11". If Marvin Bagley gets switched onto a center, it's probably fine. But there's other power forwards, say Miles Bridges, who's six eight, and he gets switched on to seven foot one Embiid. We got problems. So uh, a lot of that is dictated by height, and you know power forwards are just so different. I mean, think about like Anthony Davis at the Lakers. When you think of a power forward, there he's a back to the basket or squares up. You know, shoots some mid ranges, takes it to the post. That's a power forward. Then think about other power forwards. Go to Cleveland. Kevin Love's a power forward. Kevin Love shoots threes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but Kevin Love shoots threes. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is a dunker. He's a power forward, too, though. The power forward is so weird nowadays because, like, every power forward on every team is kind of different. But um, I'll go with Kelly just because he can defend more positions, and that's the most important thing. I think we've just about hit everything. Um, I I have X-Factor listed here and most consistent. And honestly, the reason I don't think they're worth hitting, and if you have any other thing we can add, we can do that. But I think they're just both, as much as we've talked about Kelly Oubre, uh, you've, we've already said Kelly Oubre is the most consistent just in talking, even though we didn't right. ask it a question. And I think the X factor has probably been Kelly Oubre. I mean, if we, we definitely Kelly Oubre has been great. You have anything else you think we should add in here, or questions or other topic responses? I mean, anything. No, I just look forward to seeing uh, how they uh, oh, end I, out the year. I remember uh, what it was. Yeah, that was it. Ceiling uh, uh, and floor. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on if we pull the trigger on the trade. You know, last year they was, you know, well, there was excitement last year because of Lamelo and uh, and then lots of talks around the trade. We're going, and then we didn't do any. We didn't trade. We didn't come across with nobody. And that was kind of a shock because I thought, well, you know, finally there's some excitement in the pro, and you know, but so you know, it's just we're gonna wait. You know, maybe we'll do another podcast on the Hornets after the trade deadline and see if anything happens. If 
seeing how if it stays the way it is now, I just like I said, I don't ever see us getting in the top half of the Eastern Conference with this lineup. I mean, with the what we have now, we we're going, we still we're still lacking, you know. And a center would be the number one thing, and and probably the number four would be number two. I mean, we've got guard, we've got our point guard, guard played, and we've got a three. I mean, we've got those three sewed up. But what we do, we lack, you know, a four and a five for sure. So we'll uh, we'll hold off on that till uh, after the trade deadline and see what happens there. But like I said, I I, I just you know maybe they'll surprise us, you know. Yeah. But we'll just see what the future holds. I pretty much expect them to do nothing, but it would be nice to see a trade. Uh, Bagley Turner, I and there, I'm sure there's other people that we just haven't thought of that would be great for them to trade for but you know just don't come to mind but um yeah that's gonna be it so that's that's what we got for the hornets this year it's really nice to have a competent team i mean it's been hard to pull for the hornets in the past and i love kimball walker and you know i'm I'm glad he's kind of got his way back into the rotation at new york and uh loved watching him when he was in charlotte but you know kimball walker just he cannot be the best player on a championship team it's just not possible um there's no way. <laughs> There's no way. He's fun to watch. I love that crossover. I love his step back. I think he's probably one of the nicest guys in the NBA, but he is not winning a championship. But, well, I'm sorry, he's not winning a championship is the first option. I'm not saying he's not winning a championship. He probably could. But um, anyways, that's going to be it. That's the Hornets so far. Maybe we'll revisit after the trade deadline if they do something. Hopefully they do. We'll see. But, um, yep, that's going to be it. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And we're out of here.